Hello and welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. Who's them? The audience of our podcast, Ryan. We have an audience? Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> welcome to the previewees nomination episode. I love this episode. Wait, we've already done this episode like three or four times. Yeah, right? but it's January. We do it every year, Ryan. What? I know. That's it's crazy. Like a New Year's that's resolution? The thing, that's the thing about awards season. It comes every year. Whether you want it to or not. That's true. It's true. Sometimes it comes a little bit later. Like if you're the Emmys and the actors like if go it's on strike. A pandemic. <laughs> oh, that too. That happens too. <laughs> but an actor strike and a pandemic have never affected the arrival of the previewees on time. That's very true. That's very true. We'll we fight are through consistent. anything. We are consistent in our timing. So that means that this episode, our January episode, for those of you that maybe this is your first time listening to the previewees, uh, this is our nomination episode where Ryan and I nominate five films, performances, directors, etc. in each of our categories. Uh, and then in a future episode, typically released in March, so it'll be not the next episode, but the one after that. We take a little break to think about it, so Tyler can watch some of the movies that he didn't watch, because yeah, I think I watched like 50 more movies than you did last year. And to time it up year. also with like when the actual big awards come out, you know? Oh, when Jimmy Kimmel comes on screen. Is he hosting again the Oscars? He's always hosting oh, the Oscars. Anyways, uh, that will be the reveal of who wins each, each award, but today we're going to be announcing the nominees, but... The well, way wait. that we nominate films is a little bit different than... Before we go into that, Tyler, I have a question for you. Okay. What is the name of this award show called? It is the Preview Review Movie Trailer Podcast Annual Movie Awards. Wow. Annual, meaning we do it every January? I should have known. Come on, Ryan. I know what the word annual you're means. You're an amateur. I can't believe you don't know this, and you're one of only two voting members of this society that gives out these awards. Hey, it's been a long year. Not That's just voting members on the awards, you're also one of only two people that are allowed to submit nominations. We hold a lot of power. Hey, I got my nominations in. <laughs> but the way the way we deal with that, uh, you know, limited sample size is Ryan and I have each independently prepared five nominations in each of our categories. Uh, those categories, for your reference, are Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Lead Actor, Best Lead Actress, as well as categories for Screenplay, Director, Best Picture, and finally, Best Trailer, because this and is a movie trailer podcast. We don't separate based on adapted or original screenplay. No, it's just screenplay. And we don't separate up. the Best Picture by comedy or drama, like, not the, like Globes. the Globes. We're not like Joe Coy. I hope not. You know, I kind of think we're funnier than Joe Coy. I think we do a better job hosting the Golden Globes than Joe, Joe Coy did. I would love to host the Golden Globes. It would be Globes. so fun. I kind of think they should give that job to more random people. We have more to gain and less to lose. Anyways, you interrupted my flow of explaining how we do this. Oh, Ryan. I'm sorry. Each of those eight categories, Ryan and I have prepared five nominations apiece. Now, you may say, that's ten total nominations. That's per too many! Category. It is a lot. It's a lot. Ten's not too many for Best Picture in the actual Oscars race, but, you know... For the uh, preview review annual movie co podcast trailer awards, we go five straight nominees total. So how do they we used to do that at the How Oscars. do we pick which five? All ten of our nominations, Ryan's five and my five, go into a bowl. We write them on slips of paper. They go into a bowl. We mix them up, and the first five we pick out, those are the nominees. But what about the other five, Tyler? Those too bad. They had their chance to get drawn out of the bowl. And maybe if there's something that Ryan and I both submitted, you know, that has a that has twice as much of a chance of getting pulled, getting nominated. But this is how we. Uh, What's that called? Illustrate, we simulate a snub or like a surprise nomination because Ooh. that's what happens when you have these big, like large groups of critics or writers or whoever is voting in your, uh, your award league. show. Uh, that's what happens is they get snubbed because, uh, you know, not enough people write that thing in or whatever. Or because not enough studios gave enough money. So sorry, it might be a front runner, but like, you know, maybe I didn't put Oppenheimer in for best picture. Maybe Whoa. Ryan did, but we didn't pull it, up, pull it out of the bowl. What? Doesn't get nominated. That's just how the cookie crumbles. So this is quite an interesting episode. We're not just, you know, announcing the nominations. We're going to draw these slips of paper and announce them on this podcast live right now. Well, not right now. First, before that. I but have, before we get to that. <laughs> we have to do some other stuff first. Tyler. We have to tackle our opening question. 
Which is something we have on our podcast every episode, except for the last few episodes. Except for most episodes. (laughs) We used to do it every episode. It was consistent at first. first. Ever since the strikes, it's been kind of hazy. I don't know. Did we do this every time during COVID? I feel like that's when we dropped it. (laughs) Okay. It's been maybe like three years. You know, I can't decide which um, film industry altering event was the most impactful to this podcast we lived through too much history ryan i think the most impactful event for me was when tom cruise had his bucket of popcorn and he said love popcorn i gotta have my popcorn have you seen that that was not the most impactful it's so it impacts me i feel like that piece perfectly mirrors his ex-wife's piece oh nicole kidman of course Somehow Heartbreak feels good in a place like that. Like, she goes to the theater, and he buys the popcorn at the concession. So she buys the movie tickets, he buys the They're not together anymore. She literally danced out of her lawyer's office when they divorced. <laughs> I don't think they're just, like, going to the film together. But, you see, she was at the theaters, and he was, like, in a private screening room. So she didn't have any popcorn with her, but he did. Have you seen that AMC opener? She. It's a pretty private screening room. There's, like, no one else in that fucking theater. We've been to that theater. We have. And I'm very proud. Honestly... People think it's so lame when I explain it to them, but I literally get so excited every time that thing plays now. When I go to the theater and I see that, I'm like, I've been in that room. It's very cool to me. It's very fun. I want to go back. I want to go back too. I think we decided that we were going to go back for the next Fast and Furious movie, but I'm going to be honest, Ryan. I don't know if I can wait that long. I think Vin Diesel's getting canceled. I I might have to go once a year, at least. So, like, we can't wait for the next Vin Diesel (laughs) movie because there might not be another one if you've heard. There's some allegations against this man. I I don't want to dive into that. I haven't heard anything (laughs) and I prefer not to know. Okay. Um,. He is still Groot, But, though. like, should we go for 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 Dune 2? I feel like that'd be fucking sick. Okay. I'll have to look at the dates. We're going to have to talk about this yeah. off, off the pod. We'll but actually have to schedule something. On the pod, a question we should answer. Oh, yeah. Which we always, apparently, ask uh, the first episode of the year, the previews nominations episode. We're going to celebrate a lot of the films that we enjoyed from this past year, 2023. But, Ryan, what movies... Or movie, you can just choose one, or you can name a couple. Are you most excited for in twenty twenty four? Well, honestly, you've already talked about it. It's Dune Part Two. That's my most anticipated movie of twenty twenty four right now. I was Absolutely. so bummed when it got pushed back to twenty twenty three or from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four. But now I'm like, sure, Dune's not a spring movie, but I'm gonna go see Dune Two in the spring. Villeneuve, take me back to Arrakis. Let's fight some Harkonnens. Uh, Paul, you need to fulfill the prophecy become mua adib i'm here for it uh what about you tyler do you have a most anticipated film yeah there's i mean i think obviously we don't always we always know like the heavy hitters that come out towards the end of the year they aren't quite announced yet but some that i know uh are scheduled for like at least the first half of this year dune 2 very excited for it i'm excited for luca guadagnino's uh challengers that's another one that that was supposed to come out last year and i'm excited to see zendaya in that uh, what about uh, Coen Brothers minus a brother? Oh, Way Dolls. Way Dolls. That's exactly the one I was thinking of. The Coen Brothers uh, new But only like, one Coen mystery. brother. Well, yeah. But it still has the aesthetic of a Coen Brothers movie. So. Yes, that one looks fun. The Coen Brothers, but like the apostrophe is in a different place. Like it belongs to one Coen oh, Brother. Yes. <laughs> like a, the, a Coen the Brothers. Coen, no, just the one that did this movie. Yes. Um, but Tyler... One of the biggest movies of the pandemic is finally getting its much-awaited sequel. Godzilla and Kong are best friends now. Oh, that's true. And they're going to run. And he's going to have an axe or something. And there's a baby Kong. Yeah, there's a whole... that trailer. There's already a trailer for it. It looks kind of wild, but I'm Godzilla's pink it. this time. I do love watching uh, Kong the... fight some dinosaurs. And it looks like there's a bit of that in this movie. So that'll be fun. And then... Also, we have more CGI apes coming with the return of the Planet of the Apes franchise. That's exciting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then how could I forget, and God, I hope this ends up panning out for 2024 because I do feel like there's a risk of it getting pushed to 2025. I am, deep down, one of the many facets of my personality, a theater kid at heart. Oh, yeah. And Wicked Part 1. Oh, I mean, Wicked. I cannot fucking wait for the film adaptation of that like incredible musical. Um, so, I'm stoked also... for that. And let's all cross our fingers and say a prayer that it actually makes its uh delivery to us by november of 2024 no but i'm also excited for um what's that movie it's i just saw it let me give me a second sorry furiosa how could i oh, forget oh yes george miller's the mad max back. Road prequel the, a mad max saga with anya taylor joy and chris hemsworth 
Let's really go. good cast. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth finally gets to play a crazy little Australian man. Let's do it. He's Australian at heart and he needs to let out that wild side. <laughs> okay. I'm ready for it. Honestly, maybe you're right. Chris Hemsworth hasn't had the little... opportunity to like play enough actual Australian roles. He, needs he always to be a has little to pretend freak. to be someone else. I need to see him be it's a little time freak. for Chris Hemsworth to go goblin mode. <gasps> yes. Please. Let's see. Let's keep looking. Oh, Tyler. Are you excited? For the only Marvel Cinematic Universe movie coming out next year? There's only one. There's only one, and it is Deadpool 3. I'm kind of excited for Deadpool I'm excited 3. to see how it pans out. I and like I'm, both the Deadpool And I'm excited movies. that the Marvel Universe is slowing down a little bit. You know, we got one release scheduled for 2024. Only one release slated for 2025 right now as well. We'll see if other things shake out. Maybe across the Disney Plus series and stuff like that too. Well, but I think the MCU needs to take a little bit of a breather. Uh, you know, these projects are already in motion, but slow itself down to kind of figure out where they want to go, develop these characters a little bit more. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this Deadpool is a good bridge into, like, enfolding some of those characters into a larger story within the MCU. Um, so, I think this is a good kind of, like, Plus, couple years bringing Hugh bring... Jackman back is really cool, too. I've seen him. He looks jacked. <laughs> Speaking of Hugh Jackman, also a theater kid at heart, but... Once in a while, he just has to pump up the iron and play Wolverine for a couple movies. He and, you loves know, to do it. He loves to do it. It's the only reason he's able to make the greatest Even show. Even though he wants to be a song and dance man so bad. He did it, though. He He's kind of... He kind of... He's got the best of both the worlds. The Montana life. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't maintain Hugh Jackman's lifestyle. I couldn't be him. I'm not him. I could never be him. <laughs> My pronouns are he, because I'll never be him. But yeah, I... So... I'm still very excited for these movies, even though, like, the quality has dipped, I'll even admit it, even though I'm, like, one of the staunchest Marvel defenders, not everything post-Endgame has been the best, but not everything prior, or before Endgame was the best either, I think we forget that, we get caught up in this cloudy haze of, like, how great that finale was, but then we kept going, right? But, like, it wasn't all the peaks of Infinity War Endgame, you know? We had some mid movies like ant-man one or some not great movies like thor 2 or iron man 2 right and i think people just forgot that and now people are saying these movies all stink and it's like not much has changed the ratios may be a little off you know i feel like the ratio of like good to great movies in the early mcu phases to like the phase four and five stuff has been like a little bit off. And I think the TV um, shows really hurt that. Cause... And then it's just this like overwhelming, like amount of content mm-hmm. to like phase one through three felt very meticulously planned and paced as to like how we're going to roll this out. And then you could tell when there was a weird thing like, Oh, Ant-Man's just going to introduce now. Or like, we're waiting to put the black widow movie out until she already died in the film. Like you could pick up on those things easier. And now like we're getting more of that where it's like, this is weirdly rolled out. And also like, not that great of quality because they like were trying to turn it out too yeah. fast, you know. But and I think another part of that is like they're still struggling from COVID, and then once they finally got recovered from that, the strikes hit. Yes. So now we're struggling from that, and I think you're right. I think slowing down is a good step. Um, they already had one Marvel series on Disney Plus this year with mm-hmm. Echo, which I thought was pretty good. I didn't watch it. Um, yet. yeah. Uh, it feels like if you haven't really seen the Daredevil show. Honestly, it feels more like a sequel to the Daredevil show than it does to the Hawkeye show where Echo got introduced. Oh, but, interesting. Yeah. but I can um, see that. But I kind of wanted more from it. It was only five episodes and I kind of wish there was more of it. Um, like all Disney plus Marvel shows, it gets wrapped up too quickly at the end. And there's some crazy big power fighting that goes on at the end that might seem a little bit out of place or a little weird. But I don't know. They've conditioned me to expect that by the last episode yeah, of sure. their series now. <laughs> It's called the WandaVision experience. Yes, or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier experience. <laughs> yes. Or the Secret Invasion experience. You know what? I, this is just making me realize that I still haven't seen Loki Season 2, and I heard that was actually it's really good. well done. Yeah, I need to watch that for sure. It's their way to not deal with Jonathan Majors ever again. Really? They set it up enough? They, wow. They fixed it, I think. Interesting. That's crazy. Okay. Anyways, enough about what we're excited, looking forward to. We're excited to dive into some of those movies and more on our episodes throughout 2024. But it's time, Ryan, to celebrate 2023 in film. And uh, let's go pull the nominations for our first previewee category. Ooh, I'll go get the noms. All right, go get them. All right, Tyler, here we go. I have the first bowl of nominations. What category do I have this here, Tyler? This is Best Supporting Actor. So 10 nominations in the bowl, but only the first five that we draw will be the official nominees. Of course, there is the caveat that if there is a duplicate nomination, like if we pull the same name a couple of slips after, 
uh, that won't count and we'll just redraw a new one. So we have to have five distinct separate nominations. And it was up to Ryan and I individually, our discretion as to which performances and movies belong to which categories. And so too bad, so sad. They maybe, don't always match what you think they might match. And maybe Ryan put something in a different category than even I did. And if that happens, um, our rule is that only each performance can only get nominated in one category. So... Sorry, whichever one gets pulled first gets pulled first. Yeah. And if you're still confused about that, don't worry. Just go with it. You'll get it. If it happens, we'll, we'll, yeah. It'll be fine. We'll tackle it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Time to mix up these noms. Ooh, that sounds like a good mix. It's a good mix of supporting actors. But there can only be five. And the first of the five is... Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Ooh, Mark, yay. Good job, Mark. You got a nom. Nom number two is Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yay, Robert. Nom number three, Glenn Howerton for Blackberry. Ooh, go Glenn. You go Glenn Coco. You go Glenn Howerton. You go Glenn Howerton. Nom number four, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. And the last supporting actor nomination is Charles Melton for May December. Ooh. Go off, King Charles. Riverdale supporting. Is he in Riverdale? He was. I don't know yeah. anything about him. All right, Tyler, can you go ahead and just give us another glance? A uh, quick recap. What are the five noms we just pulled? The five nominees for Best Supporting Actor Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Charles Melton, May December. Glenn Howerton, Blackberry, Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things, and Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. All right. Very cool. Uh, so, Tyler, do you want to go grab our second bucket of nominations? Let's just keep chugging through. Yeah, I will. But first, Ryan, is there a oh. nominee that you submitted in Best Supporting Actor that you're surprised didn't get pulled? Um, Let me look at my list real quick. That's very similar to the list that I submitted. Is it? I think there's only one that didn't make it from my list. Um... So two of these are from films I haven't seen. So I will have to watch May, December and Blackberry oh. for Glenn and Charles. The only one of my nominations, like not all of these were my nominations. I can tell by the handwriting, but Tyler and I did have some crossover. So there's one nomination that I submitted that didn't get in. And that is Dominic Sisa for the holdovers. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, I know I had a couple that are missing. I also, I submitted two from Poor Things, both Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Okay. So he did not get pulled for me. And then I also put Ryan Gosling in for his role in Ken and Barbie. But I feel Ooh. like that might be in contention for a different category. We'll tease, just have tease, to tease. see. Okay. I'm going to go retrieve the nominees or the pre-nominees, the nominee submissions. There you go. For our next category. Which is Best Supporting Actress. Okay, Ryan, I'm back with the bowl of nominees or nominee submissions for Best Supporting Actress. Let's mix Mixy, up. mixy, mix. Ooh, Sir Mix a lot over there. I like big butts and supporting actresses. Uh oh. But not together. Or, I mean, they could be together, but they don't but have to be together. That's not a that's qualifier. That's not a qualifier. I don't, they don't need to have a bit. Okay, we're just going to draw them. We didn't sexualize the men like this. What are we doing? Maybe we are Joe Coy. It's about a doll with big boobies. <laughs> Who wrote that fucking joke? Don't throw your writers under that. You're a comedian. Don't read that fucking joke. Okay, anyways. The nominees for Best Supporting Actress are... Divine Joy Randolph. The Holdovers. Oh, yeah. She's great. Rachel McAdams. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I love that movie. I love that movie, too. Felicia Rashad, Creed 3. Penelope Cruz, Ferrari. We just saw that yesterday. We did. Making it in the pot. Way to go. And the last nominee. Kathy Bates. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Double Margaret nom? Double Margaret rep. We love to see it. That movie just makes my heart smile. It's a good one. So, to recap, the nominees, the final nominees for Best Supporting Actress are Divine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers, Rachel McAdams, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Felicia Rashad, Creed Three, Penelope Cruz, Ferrari, and Kathy Bates, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. What a lovely list. Um, not all, this is a list that's not similar to my 
uh, submissions. There are a couple there, but not all of them. Uh, some notable ones withstanding that I submitted were uh, Patty Lapone for Bo is Afraid. Oh, nice. And Alyssa Sutherland for Evil Dead Rise. I also submitted Alyssa Sutherland for Evil Dead Rise. She's in there twice. She's in there twice and she didn't get pulled. What a snub. Because that was an incredible performance. It was so and good. her performances are so often overlooked and I was really hoping she would get drawn. And now I can't believe she had two chances no. to get drawn. That's a real bummer, but I also am bummed that I uh, submitted Ayo Edabiri's performance in Bottoms for a supporting actress. Great. You could have argued either way between her and Rachel Sennett, which is leading and which is supporting, so I, would I put just them both in leading, Ayo honestly. in supporting, because um, she's incredible, and she has been sweeping like globes and Emmys for her role in The Bear, and the bear I, is great. TBH, I think she deserves to, like, EGOT at this point, because she's, like, that talented, so... I haven't and, heard her sing. And Pigot is when you also have the previewee. And so she oh, deserves to be in that category as well. But she didn't get nommed here. <laughs> she didn't, but she was so close. Her <laughs> slip fell out. I had to decide between it was her or Kathy Bates at the end. Wow. Well, <sighs> I didn't decide. I, they were the still folded. Decided. It wasn't. I, I don't want an accusation around that. Okay. Well, this is a great list. Uh, let's see. Tyler, is it time to grab another stack? It is, Ryan. Will you go retrieve the nominees for Best Lead Actor? Of course. All right, Tyler, I've returned with a bowl. And this bowl has a list of, uh, has many slips of paper. They all Tend are to be exact. potential Best Actor nominees for the previewees. Wow. 2024 edition. But only five can be drawn. Mm. Oh, we need that. Who wants to be a millionaire yes. sounder? <laughs> all right, let's I'm not going to find that in post, but I no, wish no. I could. You can just use my sound clip every single <laughs> I time. I pull it. If you already have, I don't know, I'm not going to put this on you for editing, but it'd be really funny if you did and put it in those sections, and then we'd just explain it this section. <laughs> so the last few times, you're like, what is that sound bit? Alright, time to mix it up. Okay. Our first nominee for Best Actor at the previewees, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer. Yeah, Killian. Nominee number two. Leonardo DiCaprio, Killers of the Flower Moon. You gotta play a real dummy in that one. That's fun. Grimy boy. Next, Adam Driver, Ferrari. Ooh, late season Ferrari sweep? Ferrari surge! Wow. Number three, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. We just saw that yesterday, too! Oh, wait, that was number four. So this is the last... One. Zach Efron, The Iron Claw. Respect. That's a great performance, and I hope it gets some love at the Oscars, but I don't well, know Well, that's it will. the only uh, nomination that I didn't submit. So Adam Driver, Killian, Leonardo, and Jeffrey Wright are all nominations that I also submitted. So some that I submitted that didn't make it. Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. Ryan Gosling, Barbie. He got snubbed in both categories. It's true. That's probably our biggest snub so far. Yeah, it really Him is. Him not being nominated at all. And, like, just gonna tease, if Margot doesn't get drawn in lead actress, that's... It's gonna be rough. Wow. No acting representation for that movie is gonna be a bummer. Ooh. We'll see what happens. And then the last one that I put in that didn't get pulled was Barry Keoghan in Saltburn. Oh, okay. He's very good in that film. Nice. And he hangs dong. But I think this is a great list. But Hanging Dong is not a qualifier to be nominated. <laughs> That's not... We don't have to... <laughs> it, like, if we see the penis, it's... Okay, we're going to skip that part. Okay. Okay, Ryan. Well, we got one more category before we're going to take a quick break. And I think we just got to jump right in. I'll go get the bowl with the pre-nominations... Nomination submissions for Best Lead Actress. Ah, uh, the nom subs. I feel like I keep trying to remember what the naming convention is. The nomination submissions for Best Lead Actress. They're right here in this bowl. Ten of them. I'm going to mix them up and then we'll draw five. Like an Uno card. There's no draw five. That'd be crazy. Draw four and then one more. What if it's like one of those cards you write in the rule and it says draw five? <laughs> I did. I saw a version of Uno in the store the other day and it was like mega like super like aggressive or like unfriendly edition. And like every Angry card. Uno? 
every card has like some action like skipping a turn or drawing cards or something. like it's like pretty like it's very hmm. uh aggressive i don't remember what they called it i don't like angry Agro uno, uno. <laughs> sounds like it's gonna hurt anyways the five nominees for best lead actress are abby Ryder forston are you there god it's me Margaret. Bruh, Margaret, let's go. Margaret Resurgence? Margaret herself. That is Margaret herself. Margot. I like it. Sophie Wilde, talk to me. Ooh, I love it. That's a great nomination. Emma Stone, Poor Things. Overall, she played a woman at all stages of her life. It's true. Fantasia Barino, The Color Purple. Another person who played a woman at many stages <laughs> of her life. <laughs> and the final nominee for Best Lead Actress, Margot Robbie, Barbie. Whoa, just made it in. Woo, by the skin of her teeth. Wow. Those beautiful, perfect white teeth. I'm glad she made it in because I was worried what you would say when you find out that I didn't submit her. I <laughs> If she didn't get pulled, then she <laughs> It's such a good performance. It is. I, every performance in that movie is so good, and I'm sad about Ryan Gosling because Sublime was Sublime! one of the best cinematic moments of the year. Um, but and Mar- I think Margaret Robbie deserves this nomination. But, but I think the biggest snub in this category is Lily Gladstone right now. Absolutely. You Big put her in? snub. I put her in. I put her in, too. I also put Sophie Wilde, so that's You also awesome. put Sophie yeah. Wilde? Okay, I put her, too. I think this is also, along with Alyssa Sutherland, my hope of getting some horror uh, representation in the acting categories. Sophie Wilde's performance in Talk to Me is, like, genuinely so so good like so real so visceral so raw um she's incredible i'm very glad she got this nomination another crazy australian performance hopefully just like chris m ward and, and Jerry, ryan so. i think this is the first category that i've actually seen all these movies and i wow. don't have to watch a new movie to be caught up for this no category. homework uh, are there any people that you nominated other than lily gladstone which we've already talked about that didn't make this um, she is the only one because I submitted Margot, Fantasia, Emma, and Sophie, along with Lily. Oh, okay. So great. those were my five nominations. Uh, the one of mine that didn't get nominated in here is a movie you haven't seen. Uh, it's Margaret Qualley in Sanctuary. Oh, oh, I don't even think I know that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, interesting. Um, about, you've probably seen the trailers. It's a neon release about this guy who has a dominatrix and then she, he gets like promoted to become a CEO and she's trying to like... Be like, well, I have all our sessions on tape, and I'll like basically release them oh, and bless you. Yeah, blackmail him. Blacksmith. I just blacksmithing him. <laughs> tink, tink, tink. But it's a great performance because you're never sure. Like, oh, like there's a twist kind of in the movie. It's like early on, so it's not that huge of a spoiler, but it's like so much of what we had already seen was like his script of like what he wanted his dominatrix to say, and at what point does she actually turn and like start to believe this herself and what point is it like still playing the role that she wanted oh, to like he wanted her to play so i thought it was a very like nuanced performance yeah so. nice i have to check it out but i won't have to no you will have to check it out but i won't have to perfect quote of the preview <laughs> nomination. Uh, oh i don't have to go grab another bowl you don't right it's game time ryan so sit your ass back down okay it's time to play a game Yay. This game is when we play it every previewee's nomination episode. It's called Where Are They Now, Ryan? Um, I'm right here. No, not you. Well, not you said Where, where are, are, are They Now? Where Are They Ryan. Now? Do you use they, them, pronouns? No. Oh. I don't have anything Fake against fan. those that do, <laughs> but it's not me. And we, we have to, okay, we're going to just stop her. Okay. Um, so what we do for this game is I'm going to describe to you, Ryan, a performance that was given in a film this past year, 2023, by an actor or actress who has previously won an Academy Award. An Oscar. The big one. Whoa. Not necessarily lead, but an Oscar. Wait, does... Like, an acting Oscar. Okay, okay. So like, Not a production or a... Okay, okay, Oscar. thank you. Because like, I know, like, uh, Brad Pitt has won for 12 Years a Slave, and he didn't win for his performance yeah, in 12 Years a Slave. No. Um, or, like, a screenplay win from, like... I don't know if, like, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck has won, like, for a screenplay. Maybe... I think they won probably for Argo as Best Picture. Or, um, but they haven't won for a performance, so that doesn't count. What's that movie with Robin Williams? Oh, Good Will Hunting. That one, yeah. yeah. Maybe... It's... Um, so, it's for a performance Oscar, but they've also continued to act. They had a movie that came out this past year. I'm gonna describe the character they play. I'm gonna describe that character in, like, pretty... Vague? Simple, vague terms. Wait, their character from last year, right? From last year. Okay. Not the not the one they won the Oscar for. And all you have to do, Ryan, is tell me what who the actor is mm-hmm. and 
the movie that they were in last year, not the movie that they won the Oscar for. Okay. I'm not asking you for that much information. Okay, I understand. All right. So let's, let's try our best. Ready to play the first "Where Are They Now" performance. This actor plays an elderly woman in love with a man named Tom. Tom. Tom Wamskin? From Succession? That's <laughs> television. All day, right, right. Okay, an elderly woman loving someone named Tom. And if you need a little bit more detail about the character, I can provide you with that as a hint, but it will cost you and you'll only get half the point. Oh, let me think here. I'm trying to remember, like, did I watch a movie with a character named Tom in it last year? And... I'm trying to... You said she plays an elderly woman, so, like, is she an old-age makeup? Like, is she a young actress playing an old woman? You know? I don't I think know. I reading too much into this. <laughs> um, Maybe I'll, it's more fair to say she loves a man named Tom rather than being in love with a man named Tom. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to need your hint, sir. Okay. Well, the woman's name is Trish. Trish. And the man's name is Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Um, oh, but which one is Trish? Oh. <laughs> That's true. There are two Oscar winners in this movie. Yes. Uh, Lily Tomlin? She's not an Oscar winner. Jane Fonda. It is Jane Fonda and Amy for Brady. Brady. I th- oh, okay. Because I, I would see Lily Tomlin being more loving of Rita Tom. Moreno is the other Oscar winner. Yes. Lily Tomlin has not won but, an Oscar. Hmm. But Jane Fonda was in 80 for Brady. and she What did she win her Oscar for? Do you know? Um, I think she has two Oscars, but I wouldn't know what they are. Okay. Well, don't worry about it. Not off the top of my head. Well, I guess I got a fourth of a point then. <laughs> 0.25. Sure. We'll call it that. <laughs> sure. But I think you can get full credit on this next one. It's pretty simple. This former Oscar winner plays a legendary Transylvanian vampire. It's not Adam Sandler, because there was no Hans Hotel Transylvania this year. <laughs> oh. Dracula on a Boat came out this year. The Last Voyage of Demeter. Was I d- that played by an Oscar winner? I don't know who was underneath all that makeup. He plays a vampire. Oh, Nicolas Cage in uh, Renfield. That's correct. The other vampire The other movie. Dracula movie that came out this year. I think Dracula I like... comedy. I think I like Last Voyage of Demeter better. Really? I'm surprised. I, I haven't seen Voyage of Demeter, but I liked Renfield, but I don't know. They both seem like kind of the same level to me. I feel like it's a hot take to like Last Voyage of Demeter. But I don't think it should be. But you don't shy away from it. I like You're that movie. It's a good movie. I love that for you. Okay, Ryan, this one is pretty vague, but I can give you additional context. It will just be very obvious. So do your best to get it before to the get full credit. Okay. This former Oscar winner plays a strict and overprotective father of a rebellious teenage girl. Hmm. Strict and overprotective father of a rebellious teenage girl. Um, okay, I'm just going to think out loud here. Bradley Cooper in Maestro plays Leonard Bernstein, and he has a teenage daughter, but he's not strict and she's not rebellious, so that's out. Also, I don't think Cooper has won an Oscar. Um, so now I'm thinking, is this movie focused on the father, or is it, or is the daughter the main focus? Is the rebellion the, like, who's the supporting The daughter's main focus. Okay, okay. So... The daughter is the titular character titular character interesting let's think a little bit more oh oh i guess like willem dafoe is the father of emma stone in poor things but i wouldn't call emma stone the poor thing um also he doesn't seem that overbearing he's fine with letting her go out has an oscar yet either really that's surprising he deserves one for green goblin (laughs) (laughs) goblin mode tyler (laughs) who else went goblin mode in 2021 i don't know but we did say chris Hemsworth is going there in 2024 didn't i nominate him for the previews that year i think i did (laughs) you did it was a good performance um okay tyler i'm sorry i need your extra hint okay the character's name is King Triton. Oh my god. <laughs> I totally forgot that the Little Mermaid remake came out this year. It's Javier Dardem. It is. It's a Little Mermaid. Half a point. So you're at 1.75, Ryan. I haven't even got to two points yet, and we're on question four. You can this get there. Although, bad. I don't know if you've seen this movie. I'm, you have to have. I don't know. This former Oscar winner plays an assassin living in New York. In New York? An assassin? Who went was an assassin okay so the killer came out last year but he's not in new york in that movie so it's not michael fassbender but honestly we don't really know where the killer is from in that movie 
but he does have to travel to get the people that are coming after him. Have you seen this movie, Tyler? Have you I seen have not. It's all right. Um, I think some people love it more than I do. I don't. I don't know if it vibed with me, but um, is it Tilda Swinton? It is Tilda Swinton and the Killer. Because they go to like a di- like a fancy restaurant in New York. That's a good. That's There's probably the... called the Expert, and apparently that is the, the assassin living in New York. But Tilda Swinton is an Oscar winner for her role in Michael Clayton. Okay, yeah. Um, she's only in one scene in that movie, and it's the best scene. In that movie. Nice. All right, well, you made it to 2.75. Let's go. you got two more questions left, and you can easily get to half credit. I can possibly get to, get half to half three. Easily easy. get to half easy. credit. All right, here we go. This next Oscar winner plays a game maker. Game maker? That's all I get? For now. Okay. Let's see. what. Oh, is it Saw X Tobin Bell? <laughs> Do you think Tobin Bell has an Oscar? <laughs> He was the first game maker that popped in my mind. I wish he had an Oscar. For Saw for X. X. I didn't nominate I him. I didn't nominate him for Review either, but I'm kind of regretting it now. Um. Okay, so not that type of game, but he wants to play the game, Actually, Tyler. maybe more similar to that type of game than you think. Okay, okay. Um, What other horror game type movies came out this year <laughs> not necessarily a horror but a game involving death oh squid game is not a movie the challenge <laughs> mr beast the squid game mr beast game um a life and death challenge game wow self-reliance i, was... I swear you've seen this movie i probably have i saw over 100 movies last year <laughs> Oh, is it? I don't know. I, another thing I'm thinking of is the blackening, but I don't think any of those actors have gotten an I don't Oscar. Think so. This character's name is Volumnia Gall. That doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Oh no. Um, I'm gonna have to pass on this one, Tyler. I this don't know. This is the character played by Viola Davis in The Hunger Games: The Ballad oh. of Songbirds and Snakes. I have seen that game, and she is explicitly called the Game Maker. Yes, that's like her title. <laughs> it's true. Oh my gosh, I should have known with some bullshit name like Volumnia Gall. <laughs> that's what that I was, was gonna Hunger say. Games. I was like, oh my what's god, the like the the movies involving games that are life or death. I feel like the Hunger Games. I can't be like... believe I went to Saw X and the Black and <laughs> exactly. first. That's but a you good know, movie. You win some, you lose some. It's true. I, it makes me. I like never got the chance to catch it in theaters. It's a good and movie. I'm like, when is this going to stream? Because I want to see it. I love the Hunger Games movies. It'll probably be on Peacock in like two months. Okay. Uh, here's the last one. I'm going to give you the name of the character, and I think you're going to get this one. Volumnia Gall. <laughs> This Oscar winner plays a 17-year-old girl named Asha who's preparing for a job interview. Asha. That sounds familiar. She's preparing for a job interview. She's 17 years old. And this is a voice performance. Yeah. Oh, that's why I know it's Asha. I guess guess that's very vague and nuanced. I have seen this movie. (laughs) She is... For a very brief moment of that film preparing for an interview. <laughs> this is, um, it's Wish and it's Ariana DeBose. That's correct. She did the thing. <laughs> Angela Bassett did the thing. That was last year. Can you believe it was only a year did ago? Did you see the joke that, um, what's the actor's name that plays Ellie in The Last of Us show? Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. That Bella Ramsey had to read at. I think it was the Critics' Choice Awards or something. No, I haven't seen it. It was like, this This year was full of movies like with actors that have to pretend like they can sing, like Ariana DeBose. And it's like, what? Ariana DeBose is literally on Broadway and won an Oscar for like, who a wrote role in that musical. joke? I don't know, but Bella Ramsey had to deliver it, and Ariana DeBose literally went on her Instagram story and said, I did not find that funny after that. Even in Wish, a movie that doesn't have good songs. Ariana Bose sings the hell out of those songs. She can sing very well. I think the problem is the thing that went the most viral of her singing was her doing Angela Bassett did the oh thing. My and it's not a good performance. That's sad. But, um, yeah, that was kind of rough. But I'm I didn't glad see Wish, so I can't I'm say I'm glad anything. that you confirmed that Asha was animated because in my brain, I saw like features of that character and they weren't like human features. <laughs> and you're like, who is this? I was like, 
She has a mole on her temple. Uh, her skin is brown, but it's not real life brown. It's like a color pencil brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never saw Wish, but the animation style in the trailers really threw me off. I don't know if I could stand watching that whole movie. You get used to it. Okay. But the movie's not good, so I don't... You don't want... Maybe you don't want to get used to it. Okay, well, Ren, you did... Okay. Did I get past and the half 3. threshold? 3.75, you know? Hey. So, I don't know what that is divided by In six. some countries, getting a 50% is passing. You got a 62%. That's a low D. And in some college courses, a low D is, get, passing. is passing. <laughs> but thanks for playing. I appreciate it. And I know those were kind of obscure, so I appreciate... And you had... I had a seen lot of all of those movies, for. though. I should have done better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, totally forgot all about seven. 80 for Brady. That movie is wild. Well, Ryan, um, I think it's time for us to continue our nominations. So oh. will you go grab the nomination submissions for the next category of best screenplay? I'll do it. Tyler, I'm back and I've gotten the nom subs for, what is this category? Best screenplay. Yeah, I hope that's what I have here. Now let's we'll mix see. these up. Ooh. We'll know because it'll have writer's names. Well, Tyler, I was just thinking about last year when we nominated so many movies that were written and directed by the same person. It's true. We could go through a bunch like <laughs> Greta Gerwig, Barbie, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. But those all have co-writers. Co-writers, so co-writers. We'll okay. Let's, let's see what we got here. Time to pull the first one. And I have pulled American Fiction by Cord Jefferson. That's a written and directed, so hopefully so... it's a screenplay. <laughs> Let's see. Well, there's the first one. Either he's gotten a screenplay nom or a directing nom. But I'm hoping these are the screenplays. Yeah, this is the screenplays because this is Barbie by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Noah Baumbach did zero directing for that movie. Third one we have is American Fiction by Cord Jefferson. Oh, a double pull. So the third one really is, we're throwing that one out because he already got his nom. Third one really is Killers of the Flower Moon by Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese. Fourth one is The Holdovers by David Hemmingson. And our last nominee for screenplay is Poor Things by Tony McNamara. That's all, all right. five, right? That's all five. Okay. Four of these five are submissions that I also put in to the bowl, and one of them is a movie I haven't seen, so I feel pretty good, and I'm excited to see The Holdovers. I've I love The Holdovers. meaning to watch it for so long, and I just need to sit down and do it. All right. I, as you know, I also submitted American fiction, but movies that I submitted that didn't make it include Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. That was my screenplay nomination that didn't get pulled, too. Margaret's sweet. So Margaret was in there twice. And the other one that I have in there that didn't get pulled was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, great screenplay. That's a really good That's a really good submission. All right. Well, these are great nominees. Do you want to read them off this again real quick? List. Oh, yeah. I will do that. The nominees for Best Screenplay are American Fiction, Barbie, Colors of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, and Poor Things. I like it. It's a great list. Great, great list. All right. Let's do the next one. I... I'm, I'm ready. ready to go get the nomination submissions for Best Director. Cool. Hurry back. I'll miss you. What's this category, Tyler? I just said it when I left to go get the fucking bowl, Ryan. It's Best Director, and these are the nominations. <laughs> it's been a while, okay? God I missed it. you. You were gone. They don't know because of the editing process. Ryan, the edit, it's, it's going to be like a second. Okay. Here are the nominations. Danny and Michael Philippou for Talk to Me. Ooh, nice. Who brothers getting the director nom for Talk to Me? Love that. YouTubers to directors. Next nominee for best director, Greta Gerwig, Barbie. The next nominee for best director, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer. Next nominee, Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things. And the last and the fifth one. and final nominee for best director, Ooh. Emerald Fennell, Saltburn. Ooh. Saltburn getting a director nom. That's a bit of a shocker. That's uh hasn't That's been happening. Not gonna happen anywhere ones. else. <laughs> um, I also love Talk to Me. It's currently I think ranked my number two film of the year. I did not submit that director for I this think category. It's really well but directed. I think it's very well directed. I'm not mad at it at all, but I'm just surprised that I'm not the one that put it in there. 
Um, but I did have three of these five. Greta, Christopher Nolan, and Yorgos Lanthimos are all nominees that I submitted. I also submitted Yorgos and uh, Nolan and Emerald. So the only one that didn't make it in for me was a Celine song for um, Past Lives. Oh, okay. You didn't put Greta in? No, I put Celine song wow, over Greta. Interesting. Okay. Um, I did... Um, so the only one... Yeah, so of these four... Or five? Of right. these five... Oh, Martin Scorsese mm. for Kills of Fire Moon, I submitted. It's um, a good directing. Really well directed. And then the other one was Michael Mann for Ferrari. I thought that movie was very well directed. It was. Um. So... All right. Well, do you want to read off the... This had probably our, read the directors? This probably had our biggest spread here between like the, two the five us? that you put in and I put in. It's a good list. Um, yeah. Our five nominees for Best Director are the Philip Hoop Brothers for Talk to Me, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yogo Slanthimos for Four Things, and Emerald Fennell for Saltburn. Nice. All right. So I'll go grab the category that is next. Okay, Ryan. Two yeah. categories remain. Our two big awards. Ooh, please go retrieve the nomination submissions for Best Picture. Okay. All right, I've got them. The Best Picture nom subs. All right, let's do it. Five nominees. Who's going to be the big five? First one. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Nom number two. Talk to me. The third one for best picture, Killers of the Flower Moon. Our fourth nominee, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And the final best picture nominee for the 2024 previewees is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Wow. What a spread. It really is. Is that five? That's all five. Wow, I, I didn't expect both of my superhero picks to make it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty surprising. Um, I only submitted of these five, Talk to Me and Killers of the Flower Moon. You didn't submit Margaret either? I didn't put Margaret in Best Picture. Wow. I had Margaret in multiple Everything other else. categories, <laughs> but not Best Picture. And um, so I'm, I'm missing out. I mean, I probably had a lot of similar ones. The other three that I'm missing... That didn't get pulled here are like other big awards contenders mm -hmm. in like awards season right now. Poor Things, Oppenheimer, and Barbie. Interesting. Oh no, that's not correct. You have because I did not there. submit Oppenheimer. I didn't submit Oppenheimer either. American Fiction was my other nominee for mm. Best Picture that didn't get pulled. I have two nominations that didn't get pulled. One is Poor Things, so it was in there twice and it didn't make it. Oh wow. And the other is The Holdovers, which is actually my favorite film of oh, last year. Oh, wow, but that didn't make it. It Your didn't make one. it. My number wow. one film of last year did not make the list, which is a big snub in my heart. Wow, but this is quite a spread, and lots of different like genre pieces with the superhero. Animation. I mean, I know horror. animation's not a genre, but... It's a medium. A medium. There, that, like, really homey, like, comedy of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Mm -hmm. um, horror. Horror and, like, intense Scorsese drama crime thriller. I'm into this. It's a good list. It's a really good list. If someone told me these are their favorite five films of, of last year, year, I'd be like, I'd be like, that's a good list. Great list. Absolutely. I think Guardians of the Galaxy, like, we, like, looking back on it, it's so much easier to remember, like, oh, Drax one-liners and, like, the fun, like, campiness of it, but we also lose sight of, like, there was, like, a lot of really well-done, like, drama and a high, like, emotional intensity yeah. in that film as well. So it really ran the gamut in terms of, like genre and storytelling aspects for overall like i don't usually nominate uh like many mcu films in these categories but that's like i think one that is a step above yeah most of absolutely them. i agree what a good list okay well it's time for the big final oh, category wait, did we read them off again oh yeah we should read them one more time the five nominees for best picture at this year's previewees are you there god it's me margaret talk to me killers of the flower moon spider-man across the spider-verse Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Now, Best Trailer is an interesting category, Ryan. This is our big award because we are a movie trailer podcast at the end of the day. Um, but we do have to uh, note a few caveats. First, the trailer, um, it's not like a specific trailer. Like, oh, I like this number two trailer. It's kind of like an amalgamation of like all the marketing mm -hmm. trailers, teasers, things that were released. And it's not necessarily just film. for a trailer that came out last year. Because I saw the Challengers trailer last year. But that, that has to be for a 
And it's not a trailer that was like only for. Yeah, it has to be a, a trailer that came out for a movie that was released in 2023. But the trailer could have dropped as early as 2022. Or even earlier if the movie was like super stuck. delayed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, we just want to value the trailer here. So it has we have to separate the trailer from the film yeah. that was released. And, like for that reason, I don't know if this is the case, but potentially I could submit a trailer that for a movie that I didn't even see the final movie. Oh, that is possible. I don't possible. know if I would do that, but I don't think I did that. I mean, But it's possible. I would do that, but I didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel too. Um, also, there are definitely movies that I submitted here that I would never nominate for any of these other categories. Oh, 100%. This is like our most like variety and like a wild card round, but that's also why it's a big award. It's true. It takes a lot to be like a really good trailer, especially if the movie is like not that good. Because you have to remember how good the trailer was. Exactly. Okay. The five nominees for best trailer. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Part one. Did you hear it got renamed? Yeah, but we're keeping the original name. (laughs) The intentions of the original director, Christopher McQuarrie. All right. My Blu-ray still says part one. It's a good trailer. I really like the IMAX one. I mean, and especially if you take the jumping one, like the IMAX trailer, that's the whole bit of them filming the motorcycle jump. Incredible. Great trailer. It's also a great movie. I also love that movie. movie. But, I, you know, it didn't quite crack my threshold for the other categories, but I'm glad to see it in this one. No, I think I might, like, I think it deserves a directing nom. I, I almost directing considered it for directing. I almost considered it even for a Tom Cruise nomination, but there was enough other things that I felt There's too much other like great yeah. things, yeah. If, there, right. if I had seen less movies, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the next nominee for best trailer, Barbie. Ooh, a great trailer. Love that little, uh, Wait, you know, 2001 Space thing? Odyssey uh-huh. piece and all that. I mean, that's also basically a clip from the movie, but mm. it's really well done. All the marketing aspects from that are, yeah. are great. Oppenheimer. Wow, Barbenheimer in there. Uh, Bar- Barbenheimer <laughs> didn't make it in the best picture race, but they made it in the best trailer race. So wow. they're up for the big award. They are. Up with Mission Impossible. <laughs> exactly. All right, the next nominee for best trailer. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. You just love that Elton John cover. It's so good. You? That's the main Why thing I remember. And it's like a fun, like, slowed down re- remix of it. Usually that, like, it feels, like, overdone, but it felt really cool. It is a pretty Ant-Man good trailer. One. Like, I thought about it when I was making my nomination submissions for this, but then I was like, it feels like it follows, like, a pattern that feels very familiar. And maybe it was one of the earlier ones to do it, but I don't know. I don't think it was, but I think it does the... <laughs> does it very well. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't care if you use tropes. If you use them well. That makes sense. Okay. All right. And the final nomination for best trailer is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Dual nom in both best picture and best trailer. Pretty impressive. It deserves them. I mean, if you just think about it, it's like some of the, like the original trailer, it's just like him sitting with and talking to his mom, but like, it's just a clip from the movie, right? Like it is in Barbie or it is in Mission Impossible, but like you feel it. You're like, I want to know what happens. And like all this action happens. But yes, the main focus of that trailer is like the relationship between the characters and totally. it still hooks you. Yeah. It embeds the like emotional story at the center of the trailer. And then it, then it pulls you in with all these like exciting action visuals uh-huh. of like the multiple different Spider-Man and stuff like that. Very, very great trailer. Um, a couple Things that I submitted that didn't get pulled as nominations. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 didn't have it in really? Best Picture, but I had it in Best Trailer. I didn't have it Because I thought it followed trailer. that formula very well of using some great music uh-huh. and um, kind of illustrating, like... Although I don't think it illustrated quite how sad that fucking movie was going to be. It made me think But it made you tell that there was going to be some, like... You could tell that it was leaning towards that, but it, like, you had that really great, like... That shot of Chris Pratt, like, just losing his shit. When... Um, is so yeah. good. That movie came out in the middle of the year, and for a long time I thought I was going to nominate Chris Pratt for one of these yeah, acting awards. It's, pretty, it's a pretty great performance. Um, and then Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I Not a great too. movie, but I put it in for best trailer because I truly, like, I remember being at work and putting that trailer on on my computer and, like, immediately tearing up, like, with the score and seeing Harrison Ford back in action. And, you know, the movie I overall, like, I enjoyed, but it wasn't, like, anything extraordinary but that trailer just like did something to my heart and soul it's probably just mostly nostalgia but to me it was a great trailer so i submitted it it's okay it didn't get the nomination how about you ryan i also submitted indiana jones 
Oh, you! I thought you meant you had it earlier on your list. It's actually in the bowl. It's in the bowl. Oh my goodness! Another one that's in the bowl that we actually picked is Mission Impossible. I put that one in there too. Okay. And the only trailer that we haven't talked about that I put in there uh, is The Flash. I think it's a really good trailer for a movie that's just kind of. I mean, there's a lot going on with that movie. Yeah. Right. Well, but, like I said, it takes a lot to be a good trailer, and it takes even more if the movie is like. Also not that great. I so, think the movie actually is better than a lot of people get it credit for, but there's the big Ezra Miller of it all. But I think the cool thing about the trailer is, like, it actually reveals what, like, the part in that trailer is, like, it reveals what this movie's actually about, and it's, like, a multiverse movie. We didn't know that going in, and it brings back Michael Keaton Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's part of that nostalgia, what you were saying about Indiana Jones. Like, same thing happened for me for Michael Keaton Batman. I mean, I didn't tear up in my office, um... But I'm glad I didn't because that movie doesn't deserve that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a really cool trailer that sells me on the premise of this movie and made me want to go see it. Yeah, that's cool. Which is, I think, what this award's all about. Totally, absolutely. But I think these are five movies that all had great trailers. And also, I think most of them did like pretty well. Like Your trailers worked well to try and like get people excited for these films. I saw a lot of discourse about a lot of these movies. Yeah. And then, uh, speaking of all of these movies, Tyler, like it's kind of hard for like a movie that went under the radar. Like, even though it's getting awards, love, like a lot, a lot of people saw the holdovers. I thought that movie had a great trailer. Oh, it did that, have a like, good trailer. Harkened back to that nineties style that it's trying to like, well, seventies, uh, but I, I, yeah, I guess so. But even the, tra- the trailer gave me like nineties vibes, but the nineties were really just doing seventies throwback. There's all kinds of decades, like exactly. attributions, but it kind of like the trailer put itself in that time capsule. Um, but, you know, I feel like it didn't, like, that trailer wasn't as successful as, like, these ones. Like, you didn't yes. see people reposting it saying, like, this movie looks so cool, you know? Well, I mean, I, I remember the Ant-Man trailer came out, and I sent it to you the first second I saw it, and I was like, this looks incredible. Yeah. Right? Even though that movie didn't turn out to be incredible, the trailer was. Yes, right? absolutely. And, Tyler, can you go ahead and read off these trailer noms one more time for yes, our listeners? Yes, the nominees for Best Trailer are Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, Part 1, Barbie... Oppenheimer, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Lovely flock of trailers. A great, a great flock of trailers. Well, Ryan, we've reached the end. All of our nominations have been selected, and it's time for me to know, are there any, like, honorable mentions or things that you feel like we missed mm. this year in terms of nominations? Not necessarily ones that you submitted, but... Are there things that you would have liked to see nominated that maybe you just didn't get around to making your shortlist? Yeah. The other question also is, are there movies that you haven't had the chance to see that came out last year that might be in contention for some of these awards, but we just didn't get around to watching them? Yeah, I want to shout out three films in particular that I thought about nominating, but they didn't make it in the bowl. Uh, The first is The Boy and the Heron. Hayao Miyazaki's back after 10 years, and he's made an incredible film. I just didn't have anywhere for it on my list. There were so many other great directors in this category. Um, but I think it's a lovely piece of animation. Another film I want to shout out that I had... I It was nominated in some categories until yesterday when we went and saw Ferrari and American Fiction. It got bumped out of some categories, which made me sad. But that movie is Theater Camp. I had it nominated for screenplay, but switched it with American Fiction at the last section second. I think it's a great movie, uh, really good screenplay. Uh, another great Io Edith Beery uh, performance. Oh, nice. It's smaller, but it's still really good. And the last film I wanted to shout out is The Creator. Not a lot of people liked this movie. Like they said, it was, you know, it's just doing what other movies have done, right? Like it's so derivative. But I think like it's taking that and it's like definitely you can see how it's inspired by it. But the visuals alone and like how Gareth Edwards was able to show what he showed in this film on the budget of this film I think is incredible I think it has a great child actor performance in it Mm -hmm. and also a really interesting villain turn from an actress that you don't always see play a villain and uh do you know who the villain in this movie is I don't Allison Janney oh nice I had her as best supporting actress for a while I love her she has great performances have you seen her in uh have you seen I Tanya no I haven't fantastic movie fantastic performance from Margaret Robbie even more fantastic performance from Allison Really? James. Okay. So good. She was, did she win the Oscar for that? Or she was nominated at least? I don't know. 
Um, but then she went and was mom on CBS for a while. Um, but then I think she was mom before she did I Tanya. But then there, uh, your second half of the question was, what are some movies that I haven't seen yet that I wanted to get around to? Uh, I still haven't seen Zone of Interest, which I've heard a lot of good things about, and Anatomy of a Fall, two foreign films. They just I missed them at the time, or they came out really late, and I wasn't able to see them before we did these nominations. And another big one that I haven't seen is um, Origin and All of Us Strangers, mm. another two big nomination push movies at the end that I haven't got a chance to see yet. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? What are your some of your uh, honorable mentions or movies that you missed? Yeah, well, there's a couple movies that... Um, I didn't personally put in for nomination submissions that are high on my personal ranking list, but they did get some love because you ended up nominating those Creed three and uh, Spider Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Um, nice. Both movies that I really enjoyed. I'm glad that that got some love. I also had considered in a couple different categories nominating some aspects of John Wick Chapter Four, which I thought was one of the best movies of the year. Period. Uh, it's really good. Really excellent action film and also has some really great performances. But there's just some other ones that I think had a little bit more like emotional resonance and that sometimes takes a little bit more of an upper hand for me when i'm assessing the quality of a film but john wick chapter four does have some good uh, dramatic moments um and some really good aspects of that movie so i i really enjoyed that one i think the other angle i'll take on this is movies that i think ultimately like critical response cultural response and even my personal feelings are a little bit mixed on but mm -hmm. i think there were really good aspects of that could have easily like taken a nomination and certain like certain like facets of these movies were really really good and those are Bo is Afraid and Asteroid City. You mentioned potentially nominating um Patty Lapone. She was in, for she was one of my subs. submissions, right? But yeah. didn't make a nomination. Yeah. Uh for her performance, I thought even Joaquin Phoenix had a great performance in this movie and the direction and cinematography, all those aspects mm -hmm. that could have gotten a director nom for Ari Aster, but the ultimately like plot and other aspects of the, this movie didn't quite feel flushed out to me so it didn't quite make the cut yeah same thing kind of for asteroid city i think some great performances i think some great directions from wes anderson uh but i think ultimately a little bit too convoluted and maybe just it's, it's a movie i would want to digest and rewatch more times to fully like appreciate and envelop me um i didn't feel like on one initial watch i could uh fully like comprehend and appreciate all the different layers that this film had to offer so it didn't quite meet the threshold for me for a nomination well tyler i want to really appreciate those nomination uh, honorable mentions like you said um asteroid city i think was a really good movie it's in my top 20 of last year and even Bo is afraid i agree the performances were really good the direction was really good like i can notice that and also say that was in my bottom 20 yeah. of last year. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's important to recognize good, good performance but maybe it's not a movie that you enjoy. Exactly. So, yeah. Right. And I kind of echo some of your same movies that I missed. Um, I also, some movies that were on here I missed and I'm going to have to go rewatch. I'm, I'm going to have to go watch for the first time, like the holdovers and movies like that, that I didn't quite get to. Um, but also zone of interest, all of us strangers, anatomy of a fall. Those are all movies that I'm going to try and hopefully see before the big, Academy Awards show because uh, I'm sure those are all going to be have some representation in those categories as well. Yeah. So overall, I think we have a really good list. I think some of our nominations might actually make it to the Oscars. I'm not sure if all of and them I'm will. And I'm sure many of them won't. You know, I don't know if the Guardians is going to get a Best Picture nom at the Oscars. That would be actually insane. I wonder you know what the Vegas odds are on that. Is that they aren't even shortlisted for makeup. Yeah. That's kind of weird. The villain's face is so yeah. like real but it's all makeup yeah it's crazy and all those little animal people wild yeah but anyway um so i'm really excited about this list i'm really excited for you to see some of the movies that i nominated Me that you too. haven't seen i can't wait to hear your thoughts on the holdovers and saltburn and the iron claw and all these oh great iron movies. claw i really just want that too. you'll have to go to the theaters quickly i need to watch it one. but i also want to watch it so. it's good uh i hope it makes you cry because if it doesn't <laughs> you might be a little broken oh um, no I cry at everything. <laughs> I know. So that's why I'm saying if you don't cry at this movie, there's something wrong like, with you personally. Even Tyler. American Fiction, which is a great comedy, it had movies that I was like tearing up, had scenes that I was like oh. tearing up at. Like, I know people that watched The Iron Claw and didn't cry, but I don't think they're broken because I know what makes them cry and it's not always the movies, but I know the movies make you personally <laughs> okay. cry, Tyler. Okay. So I'm if you don't cry at The Iron Claw, diagnosis for me. there's something wrong with you because you should cry at The Iron Claw knowing you and knowing this movie.
Well, but hopefully you don't cry at who wins the previewees. Which we'll only find out, not on the next episode, but the episode after that. But we will be back with another episode kind of tackling some February and March releases that are coming out this year, since we won't get to those in our March episode because we have the previewees ceremony. Um, our accountant will be back to reveal the winners of these categories. Ryan and I have to catch up. Well, you don't have to catch up on any of these, I don't think. Um, no. I'll have to catch up on doing them, and then we'll have to vote. And that those will be announced on that episode. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. And if you want to go back and listen to some of our previous episodes of this podcast, uh, we welcome you to do that. Or if you're a faithful listener, welcome to the... What is this? The fourth previews we've done? This is so cool. It's cool, I love yeah. this. And for us faithful listeners, you're probably wondering, your favorite segment was not included in this episode. Ryan's Review Roundup. Don't worry, we'll be back. We paused it for this episode because it's the special nomination episode. But we're coming back full sin 2024 Ryan's Review Roundup Edition. You'll have lots lots to cover, maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't know. The last episode we covered. I'm going to talk about Wonka. <laughs> I liked Wonka. Also, uh, if you want to follow preview review you can do so on instagram and twitter you can also follow ryan and me on letterbox which is a great like movie documenting app we post uh reviews of all the movies we see over the course of the year there so those are movies that we might not always get to talk about on the podcast if you'd like to read some of our thoughts on those other films that we get to see throughout the year ryan saw like 100 plus last year i saw like just under 50 so see it's a little imbalance but it's like ryan's review roundup but in print form hmm okay not audio form. Also, Ryan's finally started doing stars on Letterboxd. I'm slowly gaining more and more Letterboxd uh, activity. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.